Hi, everyone, and welcome to the July 7th, 2023 episode of the Automotive News Canada podcast. I'm your host, Greg Layson, the digital and mobile editor at Automotive News Canada. Our guest today recently took the time to chat with Automotive News staff about electric vehicle charging infrastructure. He's a man at the forefront of making charging fast and convenient at stores and gas stations such as On The Run and Ultramar all across Canada. Today, he explains the needs and wants of EV owners when it comes to charging while on the go and while traveling long distances. He notes the differences between gasoline and electricity consumers, talks about the high-need areas of the country, and he lets us know that, yes, people have a problem with empty and charged EVs still plugged into a charger. All that and more when we hear from Vice President of EV Charging for the Parkland Corporation, Scott Sherabura, on this episode of the Automotive News Canada podcast. Before Scott discussed electric vehicle charging infrastructure in detail, he explained what exactly Parkland owns and the scope of the business. Yeah, so a lot of people haven't heard of Parkland, uh, but yes, as you mentioned, a lot of people have uh, are customers of ours, and they might not even know the name Parkland. Um, they would know the names On the Run, our convenience store brand, M&M Food Market, uh, which we purchased last year. They'd know our fuel brands, Pioneer, Ultramar, Chevron. Um, we do also have quite a large commercial operation, uh, not just in Canada, but actually extending uh, out into the U.S. and into the Caribbean. So Parkland operates in about 25 countries at this point. Um, on the commercial side of our business, we do serve uh, a lot of commercial and industrial customers. So think about any vehicle that moves, be it trucks, be it boats, be it planes, uh, construction equipment, mining equipment, forestry equipment. Uh, if it's moving, uh, Parkland is providing the fuel in a lot of cases for it. Um, so we're quite proud to be uh, serving the needs of people uh, and vehicles that are on the move. Um, and we've been serving the needs of traveling Canadians for, uh, for 50 years at this point. Parkland is leveraging its massive retail presence and partnering with government to make EV charging as convenient as filling up a tank of gas. Scott explained how and described what an EV charging experience is like at a Parkland-owned gas station or convenience store. As we started to take a look at uh, charging as an opportunity for us, it was really important for us to take a look not just at the cars, but at the people that are driving the cars. So for us, our philosophy in building our EV network is that it's more than just a plug. Um, and we know this because in our, in our experience serving the needs of traveling Canadians for the last 50 years, we know that gas stations are a lot more than just a pump. And so as we're building our EV charging network, um, we're doing a lot of things. Yes, we're putting electrical infrastructure into place, um, but we're also focusing on do we have clean bathrooms? And so we're upgrading bathrooms. Do we have food available? Do we have coffee available? Um, we're installing uh, garbage cans out of the chargers. We're installing squeegees out of the chargers. All these things that as a, as a uh, conventional vehicle driver, you don't, you don't even think about. They're just there, but they're not there at a lot of EV charging stations right now. We're putting a big focus on safety um, at our sites, making sure that we have proper lighting, making sure that we have people that are on site, making sure that our chargers are located where there's sight lines from the store. Because we hear increasingly from customers that safety ends up being quite an important part of their experience at uh, at a site. One of the biggest hurdles in EV adoption is range anxiety. Owners and definitely potential owners still feel a strong need to map their long distance journey behind the wheel of an electric vehicle. Scott talked about the available tools that map location, charging speed and wait times. So there's a couple of things available for EV drivers. So we do have all of our charging is available through our app 
um, which is the Journey app, uh, our loyalty program that currently has about 4 million members uh, coast to coast. Um, so you can find all of our chargers there um, and what amenities they offer, et cetera. Um, if you're looking for a broader look at what chargers are available, um, apps like PlugShare and ChargeHub, these are aggregators that essentially take all the different EV charging networks and pull them together um, and show on a map uh, what's available in any given areas. And you can filter through and figure out which are the fastest chargers. There's ratings on there. So you can find which are the best chargers. You can read comments about particular chargers so that you'll know if there's a problem in a particular area. So that those are quite widely used uh, by most EV drivers. Scott then talked about plans to expand Parkland's charging network. So, so far, we, we've started in British Columbia. Uh, we have 27 sites open, uh, mostly in BC. We do have one site open in Calgary as well. Uh, we chose to start there primarily because of EV adoption. We're, you know, we're Ultimately, we're following customer demand. Um, and BC has the highest EV adoption, not just in Canada, but actually anywhere in North America, uh, even ahead of places like California. Uh, so we've started there. Um, we've got 27 sites, and we're growing that to 50 this year. Um, and so we're really focusing on making sure that we have a good, strong, dense network to be able to serve uh, EV drivers in BC. Beyond that, we're looking. I mean, we're ultimately, we're going to be following customer demand um, as customers adopt EVs. Um, we're lucky that we have a real estate position and a retail network that stretches coast to coast. So when we, t- we, when we take a look at other areas um, that are accelerating in terms of EV adoption, uh, we'll be there. So places like Quebec are ticking up, places like Ontario are ticking up, and we have quite a strong retail presence out there. Um, haven't made any decisions just yet, but we're, uh, we're certainly looking at those, at those areas. So with the second highest EV uptake among provinces and large presence of Ultramar stores in the province, Scott was asked if Quebec is a province that will soon see expansion of Parkland's EV charging infrastructure. So definitely Quebec is uh, also one of the fastest EV adoption areas within North America. I'd say BC, California, and Quebec are certainly the, the, the three jurisdictions that are far ahead of just about anybody else, uh, which is a great opportunity. And that's going to be a great opportunity to be, to be, uh, to be serving EV charging customers as they're, as they're looking for a charge. Um, we, we do also see that EV adoption tends to be a little bit more concentrated in big cities um, relative, to, uh, relative to, more, to, more, to more rural areas. So that, that does affect how we think about uh, our network development in any, in any given region. So we're still taking a look at it. Um, the, uh, there's lots of opportunities. We're convinced um, this is, uh, is going to be a fascinating ride for us over the course of the next five to ten years. Um, and uh, we're looking forward to be, being able to serve this exciting new segment of customers. Scott then elaborated on the need for charging in urban locations. One of the things that we see... Uh, amongst people who are driving EVs in urban areas is they, they actually don't often have access to charging at home. You know, if you live in the suburbs and you have a driveway and you have a plug that's accessible, um, a lot of people will be charging at home. But if you live in an apartment building, if you live in a condo, if you live in a basement suite, um, f- folks in those situations actually don't really have good access to charging at home. They're going to need public charging infrastructure in order to go about their day-to-day, their day-to-day lives. And we're seeing a lot of those customers uh, across Metro Vancouver right now. We'd expect to see the same thing in other big cities as well. Scott also talked about a segment that doesn't often get much attention, ride sharing. He explained what the industry needs from EV charging infrastructure. The other segment that ends up looking quite uh, important is ride share. Um, so Uber drivers, Lyft drivers, taxi drivers, 
those are trending very, very strongly toward electric because they drive a lot of kilometers. Um, and, uh, Uber and Lyft have promised that their entire fleets in North America are going to be fully electric by 2030. Um, they need to recharge in the middle of their shift, right? And so actually finding good urban locations to be able to serve that segment of the market is also quite important for us. So what's the average length of stay for someone charging an EV today? And how does it differ from those filling up with gas? Scott explains. There's a big difference between fuel drivers and EV drivers. So fuel drivers are at our sites for maybe four or five minutes, typically. Uh, EV drivers can expect to be there between 20 and 30 minutes, um, which is quite a significant change in terms of what consumers are expecting at site. Um, yes, we absolutely do want to be able to take, take advantage of the fact that they're at site and be able to serve them coffee, be able to serve them a bite to eat. Um, a lot of EV drivers will try to kill two birds with one stone as they're charging their vehicles. Um, and we want to make sure that we're putting EV charging facilities at place um, that, can, that can serve all the needs of that driver. Again, not, not just their car. Scott then explained why Parkland is only installing one particular type of EV charger. We're, we're only putting in DC fast chargers, so our chargers are at least 150 kilowatts, which is some of the fastest chargers that you'll, that you'll see out there. Level 2 charging isn't a great fit for a gas station, because a gas station, you're going to be there for a relatively short period of time. Level 2 charging is great if you are um, staying in a parking lot for a certain length of time at an office back home. Um, not a great fit for a business model that is built on uh, getting people on the run as quickly as possible. To end the interview, Scott was asked one of the questions on the top of everyone's mind. How much does it cost to charge? It's not a simple thing to calculate. Here's why. So we actually have a free charging period, a free introductory charging period that we're relying on in Vancouver right now. We're taking a look at what pricing strategy will end up being. We haven't landed on anything just yet. We're watching as the market evolves. One of the interesting things about the market right now is that up until now, it's been required that uh, EV charging companies uh, they can't charge by the kilowatt hour. They've only been able to charge by the minute. Um, but that's changing. So Measurement Canada has changed the regulations to permit um, pricing by the kilowatt hour. Um, and different charging networks are in different positions in terms of making that switch. So we're also keeping an eye on what that switch looks like as well. We haven't made any decisions about idle fees, um, but we do notice a lot of other companies uh, do have those in place. And we've actually heard from our customers that they would prefer that we have those in place. There's a lot of customers that get quite angry um, if the person that was ahead of them in the queue isn't there uh, and their vehicle's already up at, up at around 80 or 90%. There's a little bit of etiquette that people are still learning. Um, and yes, we actually have had requests from our customers to institute uh, an idle fee to encourage people to move on. I'd like to thank Scott for his time. If you'd like to be a guest on the show, have a suggestion, or simply want to comment, email me at glason at autonews.com. And remember, you can listen to all our previous podcasts on Spotify, iTunes, and Google Play, or on our website, automotivenews.ca. Just click the podcast tab at the top of the homepage. That does it for this episode of the Automotive News Canada podcast. We hope you'll join us next time. So long, everybody.